0: Hello everybody, Matt Hardman coming to you from the mobile studio, uh, bringing you a, another episode of the Race Nerd Podcast. This is um, a combined episode, this is episode 98, um, and this wasn't done by design to drag out um, episode 100 at the all-star race. No, this actually was not the play. this is episode 98, um, and this is a 8 episode of, uh, what, what would have been episodes 98 and 99, unfortunately, um, episodes, episode 98 never, never got recorded, and, uh, so... I did not want to, like, skip a week. So, I'm just combining what would be episodes 98 and 99 together. So, this is still technically 98, but you're getting two weeks worth of NASCAR racing dues. And you're probably wondering, why Matt? Why didn't you record last week? Now, uh, the reason why I didn't record last week is because... Um, I currently am in the middle of a two-week stretch involving work, and um, I just had not had the time to record. Um, Granted, yes, I've been in the car for quite a bit, and I normally do this show in the mobile studio, but um, there were so many things involved with work, and um, my phone literally would not stop ringing about this or that or the other, um, the past week or so, so, um, I, i literally spent more time calling and talking on my phone than, well, doing anything fun, uh, so, um, we're just gonna combine that, and that, every time I went to record, it was always a new bit of news that would come out, um, after her, I would, you know sit there and budget the time, so it's like, oh man, I want to cover this, and um, I try to find that time, and it just never happened. I mean... So, we're going to dive into two weeks worth of racing news and results and everything else under the sun, because... Uh, a lot's going on, and we are heading into my favorite time of the year. Um, you got, uh, Darlington with the Throwback Weekend coming up. You got All-Star Weekend, which is a throwback weekend in and of itself. Um, then you got the Coke 600, which just happens to run on the same day as the Indianapolis 500. Oh, man. Um. This, this, this is uh, a racer's dream month. Uh, especially if you are a, a, a fan of both NASCAR and IndyCar. This is like a dream month. Um, so without further ado, let's get right into it. Um, Got a real quick pop Quiznos. Uh, that is only two drivers in NASCAR history with more than 100 career cup series starts, have more wins in their cup career than they do in DNFs, um, the answer to that is at the end of the show, um, I do have to thank Ed Ballow for forwarding that, um, pop quiz nose to me, I do like that one, I, That one made you think, it's gonna make you think, I will say that. Um, But let's get right down to it. Uh, Two weeks ago, we had Dover. Um, Rain was in the forecast, so um, there was no qualifying. And on Sunday, we did not get the cup race in, so it was moved to Monday. But on Saturday, we had the Arcade East Series compete. Uh, I don't have a winner off the top of my head for that one. But we also had the Xfinity Series compete, compete, which saw former East Series champion, former two-time East Series champion Ryan Truex. Yes, Martin's little brother Ryan Truex pick up his first career career Xfinity career. Sound like I need a waiting room, Rick. My name is Barry Quippy. Um, but anyway, we had Ryan Truex win his first career Xfinity Series race, um, really happy for Ryan, been have been for the guy for a long time, he's kind of been the forgotten Truex, um, but it, it's great to see him win, especially on his home track, uh, it just kind of made it even more satisfying. And not to be outdone, but two days later, Big Brother Martin! breaks his, uh, winless streak, you know, going all the way back to the 2021 season, um, was the last time he won a points-paying race, and he picks up his first win of the season, um, and does it on his home track, too, so it's great for the Truex boys sweeping the weekend, um, doesn't happen very often. I think like the only other time you'd you'd see that were the the Bush Brothers. Um, But we had uh, that was two weeks ago. Then Kansas, we would see Grant Infinger in the number 23 GMS Chevy pick up the win in the truck series uh, which saw um, strong performances out of Raj Karuth until late race wreck and um, Tony Brettinger uh, driving the number one Victoria's Secret Tricon Garage um, Toyota Tundra um, establishing a, a new record for the highest finishing female making their debut in NASCAR. I know that sounds like uh, in terms of baseball stats um, the, uh, the best Hitting percentage for a player under 5'3 with blue eyes and their father born with a sixth finger. But nonetheless, it, it, it's still an interesting stat and intriguing, especially with, you know, your, you've got a pretty big selection of females that'll come through the truck series uh, from your Tammy Joe Kirks and um, your Kelly Suttons to. Uh, your Deborah Renshaw's and um, I was gonna obviously Haley Deegan. There was one that was drawn a blank. I, I almost I almost said Shauna Robinson, but I'm not hundred percent sure if Shauna actually ran in the truck series. Uh, but uh, it, it, it's a pretty good thing. It's a it's a it's an interesting stat that Tony did that. Uh, interestingly enough, um, one of the co holders, co record holders of that stat was Haley Deegan, who drove that same truck for what was then um, David Gilliland Racing. Back when uh, they were still under the Ford banner uh, before their rename, uh, she had held that. And Tony, along, in, uh, along with Haley, uh, became the first two females to finish a race in the top 15 in Truck Series history. So, uh, both of those ladies finished in the top 15. So, that's a pretty cool stat. Um, obviously, Grand winning is pretty cool. And then, um, on the Cup side, we would have Denny Hamlin uh, picking up his first win of the season. And... What some would say is a controversial, um, controversial finish involving him, kind of, kind of moving um, Kyle Larson out of the way for that um, on the final lap. I don't think it was controversial at all. I think, to be honest, uh, Larson was way too loose and losing it in the corner, and then well, he just happened to be right there and picked up the win. Um, nothing, nothing too controversial about that other than the fact that it just happens to be Denny Hamlin. Um, so, uh, with that said, um, we, um, you know, we had the, the weekly Who Will Ross Chastain piss off event, and that was, uh, Noah Gregson, and, uh, there were a little bit of fisticuffs after that. Um, Sure, there's going to be some penalties handed down. If, you know, at least with Gregson, with um, some of the profanities used on the air involving that. But um, nothing too, too, um, nothing too insane. But hey, usually these post-race fights, they, they, they do make media buzz, and you know what? They, which is the whole thing. Media buzz sells tickets. Um, rivalries sell tickets, so... I'm all for this. I'm all for Ross punching, um... Noah and Noah trying to punch back. But it looked like they were both trying to be restrained at that point. But, um... Like I said, we move on to Darlington. And we're, we'll spend a whole episode just talking about the Darlington throwbacks. Um, so... We're going to kind of bypass that, because there's a lot of news we got to talk about. Um, and first, let, let's start with um, Alex Bowman. Now, um, before the, the Dover race, um, Alex was in, involved in an accident in a sprint car race um, and had fractured a vertebrae in his back. Bowman, the showman, will be out for three to four weeks. Um, that was that was the estimate that he would be out three to four weeks uh, while um, recuperating. He will not need surgery. Thank, thankfully, um, and Josh Berry has stepped back up to uh, to the Cup Series to fill in for Bowman. Now, obviously, he's already filled in. Uh, for Chase Elliott earlier on in the season after Elliott broke his leg snowboarding. Um, now he will be filling it for Bowman. and That includes taking over his um, his Darlington Pave scheme, which I guess that will, that's a whole separate thing. But um, Bowman will also be missing the truck race um, to be held at North Wilkesboro. Uh, so I don't know what... Uh, Spire Motorsports will do in that case. It'll either be another Hendrick driver like an Alex Bowman, uh, not an Alex Bowman, a William Byron, or, um, you know, or, or, you know, who knows? maybe Josh Berry. I'm kind of hoping Berry, to be honest. Um, granted, it kind of seems like a step down, but I think um, you know, he can be successful and probably win a truck series race. Uh, but, um, The, the wild thing about all this is, um, Hendrick Motorsports, and this is one of the reasons why Kyle Larson went to Hendrick, um, was the fact that he, um, he he had the availability, because Hendrick doesn't stifle their drivers and what they do off the track, um, but they are looking at, um off-track activities because this is the second driver of this season that Hendrick Motorsports has lost due to outside activities. Obviously, Chase with broken leg while well, snowboarding and now uh, Bowman with the um, you know, with the fracture in his back for the sprint car race. You know, uh, surprisingly, the only drivers who have been bulletproof this season are Bowman, are, are Byron. I keep saying Bowman. Are William Byron and um, Kyle Larson, but uh, you never know what can happen. And this is the the third driver that has been injured this season um, in off-track excursions. Um, the third being the third being um, Chase Briscoe, who has not missed any seat time. Um, but broke a finger in his hand and had to have surgery uh, prior to the dirt race at Bristol. Uh, so, um, we, you know, it's kind of... The injury bug is hitting uh, a lot of teams and a lot of drivers this year, unfortunately. So, um, you know, I'm not saying we need to restrict the, what the drivers do, but, you know, it, it, at some point it's kind of... You know where do a lot of these teams stand? I mean, we saw you know Tony Stewart miss time with his own team after breaking his leg years ago, and it took a while for Tony to come back. And I'll be honest, I don't think I don't think we were seeing the same Tony Stewart on the track after after his injury in the sprint car. Um. So um. But uh. But we have that. And it's interesting with Josh Berry because Josh Berry is not under contract next year with Junior Motorsports, nor Hendrick Motorsports. Uh, His contract runs out at the end of 2023. And interestingly enough, um, he has now agreed to be represented by KHI. For those of you uh, who don't know what KHI is, or, you know, it's been a while since you heard that name, KHI is the marketing and, um, I want to say the marketing firm and the sports agency, um, owned and run by the Harvicks. Um, this is the, um, basically they started this right around the time as Kevin was folding up his truck series team. Um. Went to represent, they, they represent Kevin and uh, Jeff Burton, uh, Harrison Burton, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Ryan Priest, you know, a bunch of drivers, they they represent some MMA fighters like uh, Cowboy Serrano, uh, Misha Tate, um, you know, they, they, they represent, you know, different sports, uh, some um, some some PBR bull riders. Um, uh, but anyway, uh, Josh is joining the fold, which has led to a lot of speculation that he can be a candidate for, um, the SHR car, the, uh, the number four car that Kevin currently drives for Stuart Haas racing. Then somebody went down the rabbit hole even further. Um, this this one's a very big stretch, um, but uh, it's 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 interesting enough to like. I'll talk about it real quick. Somebody talked about how there is a, a very 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 slim um, margin of this happening, but you know they 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 threw it out there, and that is that with. Josh Berry being represented by KHI, which will allow Josh, if he does go to Stuart Haas or wherever, you know, it wants to let him have the opportunity to run late model races, which is what his bread and butter was um, before moving to the Xfinity series uh, with the Cars Tour and whatnot. Um, and Kevin, much like Dale Jr. or um, owners of the car store, along with Justin Marks and Jeff Burton, um, is there? You know, would there be that possibility of you know them having that representation? And I think this is where it got lost in translation and did not make sense. But uh, as I said, I'm going to indulge this rumor uh, that Kevin's uh, company kind of get him to represent that and with both Junior and Kevin um, having this co-ownership of um, the Cars Tour would there be out of the realm of possibility um, both KHI and Kevin Harvick along with Dale Junior and Junior Motorsports going in to ownership Purchase of a charter. Um, and I, I laughed this off. I laughed this rumor off um, because it went first from uh, Josh Berry taking over the number four car for Stuart Haas Racing, which is a possibility, especially if his contract is coming to an end at Junior Motorsports. But I don't imagine Kevin doing one of his business partners over like that. Um, you know, taking him away and putting um, Josh in his former ride in a rival team, mind you. You know, Junior and Harvick. Well, Junior and Tony Stewart are are good friends, and um, Junior and Harvick, right. I, I think, are a lot closer since they've had, they've had their sit down and hashed out. Um, you know everything on the air on the Dale Jr. download. It was kind of it was kind of one of those therapy. It was a therapy session more than anything. Um, but um, you know, with with um, this rumor, I, I don't I don't foresee it. Um, but I I kind of get what they're going at because. Interestingly, now, Spire Motorsports, uh, Spire is, uh, obviously the team, the two-car team behind, uh the, the seven-car of Corey LaJoy and the 77 of Ty Dillon. Now, they started off as, not, as, as a sports agency, um, and, you know, they moved into team ownership there. They own a couple of NH, uh not NHL, minor league hockey teams like uh, uh, it was like the Greenville Swamp Rabbits and the Rapid City Rush. Um, both of like the ECHL and uh, I forget the other league, the Southern Professional Hockey League, the SPHL. I don't remember the actual leagues, but I do know that those are the teams that they own. They like I said they they got into team ownership to kind of represent the uh, their drivers along with them. Is that a possibility for KHI? Um, you know, and bring somebody on with Junior to kind of kind of do that. And you would have two drivers, which are NASCAR's top seventy-five greatest drivers of all time, two one who is in the Hall of Fame and one who is a guaranteed Hall of Famer, um, I would honestly bet the farm and say that he will be a f- first-ballot Hall of Famer. Um, is there that possibility? There, There is, and it's very, very outside the box. And obviously with Kevin retiring full-time um, and going, is there a possibility with him to reunite with Chevy, which, um, up until what was it 2016, um, he had been affiliated with Chevy his entire NASCAR career, outside of uh, driving for Liberty Motorsports in 1999. Yeah, you know, he, you know, it's it's hard telling. It's hard telling. So I I thought that was a very interesting rumor. But it does play on the fact that. Excuse me. Hey. So. Oh, excuse me. Wow. Ah. ah, there we go. Got it all out of my system. Ah, I think I was a record for sneezes on the podcast. I apologize for that. It, that blew out your eardrums. That was not a sound effect. That was literally a Uh But anyways, I was saying... Uh, I, I said that rumor because... One, it, it's silly season. That's kind of a silly rumor to hear. But, uh... At the same time, it, it's... It's, uh... It, it's, it's logical for the first part of that. Obviously, with Josh Berry being a... Free agent at the end of 2023. I'm gonna see it again. All right. I guess I'm not gonna say it again. Anyway, so moving on from Josh Berry is probably the big announcement that came out, and that is that Legacy Motor Group, uh, Legacy Motor Club, I keep saying Group, man, Uh, the LMC. Uh, we'll be moving to Toyota in 2024. Uh, like Legacy Motor Club obviously formed at the beginning of the year uh, with Jimmy Johnson coming on in a, in a ownership role and part-time driver uh, in the 84 car that he would join with Noah Gregson and... Uh, Eric Jones in the 43 car. Noah in the 42. um, That that they would be moving from Chevrolet to competing with... um, Competing for the Toyota Camrys in 2024. I forgot how to speak all of a sudden. But uh, it's very interesting because uh, obviously Jimmy Johnson involved in the ownership role... Um, It it, it seemed like a near impossibility with Jimmy moving to another manufacturer after being so successful with uh, Chevrolet and GM in general uh, throughout his career. Uh, But this is a a great move for Toyota as it adds two more full-time cars to their camp, bringing their total to eight. Uh, which is the highest total that they have had since I believe it was 2015 13 somewhere around there uh, the highest number there uh, and with that they kind of with LMC it moves them up in the pecking order because currently they were not even with Jimmy Johnson coming on board, they weren't the highest in the Chevrolet packing order. There's a certain, you know, you got your Hendricks, you got your Trackhouse, you got your RCR, um, you know, they were like fourth down, fifth down in that packing order, and, um, it just wasn't, it wasn't feasible, at least with Toyota now, they'll be getting the same attention as a, um, 2311 or a Joe Gibbs Racing, uh, TRD will be helping them with their motors, um, and all that, uh, Jimmy, In the press conference announcing this has been very appreciative of, um, Chevrolet be with them their entire career, uh, with his entire career, and I wish they had been, you know, he has driven Chevrolets for uh, his entire NASCAR career. Uh, Going back to 1998, Even drove for them in the ASA series and the Score off-road series, which is what he began his recent career in. So Chevy's been with him every step of the way, you know, outside of his two years in IndyCar, but that was only because the only ride he had in IndyCar was a Honda ride. And I'm sure Chevrolet was fine with that, but, um, this, outside of Jimmy being involved in this, this rumor doesn't come as a surprise, uh, because it had been rumored for years with the old Richard Petty Racing, um, Richard Petty Motorsports. Uh, that they were going to move to Toyota and this that, this goes back to when Bubba Wallace and Eric Amarillo were driving uh the famed 43. So this rumor has been around for a while. and it, it seemed to you know go stagnant last year with um, Maurice Gallagher being involved with the team. So uh And obviously, we all thought that the rumor would have died off with Jimmy Johnson coming involved. But now, um, with this, like I said, it's a benefit for everybody. It's a benefit for um, LMC as it kind of puts them on more equal footing instead of kind of being a hand-me-down team, which they were trying to break away from. Um, with both Gallagher coming on board and then uh, Jimmy Johnson, you know, they want to break away from all that. Uh, also, it works out for Toyota as it strengthens their numbers going from a, a six cars in a 36 car field to eight um, full time cars. You know, we have no idea if Jimmy will run any races in 2024, he's still contracted to, um, to some races here in 2023, so, um, we have that, um, I'm sure the, the truck series numbers will, uh, will change in 2024, with Maurice Gallagher having his truck team as a semi-separate entity from, uh, Legacy Motor Club. I, I'm certain that they'll probably follow suit and chase the Toyotas. Um, obviously, Grant and Finger running that Toyota and uh, <clears throat> to the win this past weekend, or along with Raj Karruth. Um, I'm sure we'll be seeing those. Much like how uh, Kyle Busch Motorsports went from Toyota to Chevy uh, with Kyle's announcement last year that he would be running for Richard Childress. So, um, you know, a whole bunch of moving parts. You know, and who knows, maybe with, uh, with Toyota gaining two Chevy's teams, maybe we will see that long rumored junior motorsports entry coming in. So, um, but, you know, who knows? Who knows? It's still way... I don't want to say it's too early to speculate on 2024, but... I mean, pieces are already falling and, you know, doors are already starting to open, which I never thought would open. Um, Moving on, speaking of doors I never thought would open again, um, one of NASCAR's 75 greatest drivers um, and a man who um, is a former Daytona 500 winner will be returning to the track at Darlington. Um, and this band is known by many names, um, known as Shrek, known as the Rocket Band, but most notably is known as the 2008 Daytona 500 winner. Ryan Newman makes his return to NASCAR racing, uh, he has been seen since uh, and In a few years, last year ran a full season of the SRX Series, and he uh, he will be returning to Rick Ware Racing on a part-time deal. Um, obviously, Rick Ware Racing, uh, the two-car effort that recently has been J.J. Yaley and Brendan Poole, um, I think Matt Crafton drove uh, a race or two with them, um, but, uh, th- this would be another big name that we'll be driving for Rickware, uh, obviously, we know Jensen Button was in the, um, was in the 15 car, and basically, he was kind of, kind of a fifth, um, uh, Stuart Haas car, in that aspect, but Ryan will be, f- Coming in, he'll be doing that. He'll kind of be giving a little bit of uh, support, and direction. Rick, where we're racing is, Rick's been putting together a lot of pieces lately, um, bringing Tommy Baldwin into the garage, back into the garage as competition director. Uh, and Tommy, a former Daytona 500 winning crew chief and team owner, um, you know, obviously he locked up Jets Button for the for some of these road races this year. You know, he was bringing in Ryan Newman. I don't know whether that was initially in the cards prior to uh, Cody Ware being suspended uh, indefinitely. Whether Ryan was was something that was looked at or uh, whether that's kind of a um, where we need to make this move. Um, but they've had J.J. Yaley in there who's been running pretty steady. And Brendan Poole, who's just been there, you know, obviously I forgot all about Brendan Poole being uh, back in the Cup Series, other than his incident at Dover with Ross Chastain. Um, which I kind of, there's a reason why I've glossed over the Ross Chastain issues the last couple of weeks, because I really don't want to dive into Uh I think I'm going to save that for a whole separate segment, but, um. I think that this is a great move in, in the top and off. We got the news that on where's um, LMP entries in his IMSA series, the LMP2 uh, division of IMSA, he just signed uh, Juan Pablo Montoya. Now, like I said, Rick... Rick has been making a lot of improvements on his NASCAR program, his um, Emsa program, by getting some big names, Um, and I believe he is still uh, involved with um, Dale Coyne on the IndyCar side. So, Rick is going to have a busy month, putting together a lot of busy pieces, and uh, more power to him. And it's going to be great seeing uh, Ryan Newman back at the track, because I think, um, Ryan still has something to prove. I don't know whether he'll be able to do it with Rick Ware Racing, but I believe Ryan is, is still a very talented driver and can still win races, um, given the right equipment and the right situations. Uh, it was just unfortunate that he, um, would be the man cut when Brad Keselowski bought into, um roush Fenway Racing um, became a part owner there. Because had they been able to put together a, a, a sponsorship for a third car, that would have been uh, tremendous. And I think you would have had that, you know, uh, you know some success there. Uh, because, let's be honest, um, Red's not really lighting the world on fire at that sixth car either. So, change of culture or not, it's... That and, um, I don't know. Maybe it's time to go up to Ghost on that car, but it's heyday is long past. Um, so, uh, moving on. Just a couple of other little tidbits to talk about. Um, we've got, um, like I said, we got Darlington this coming weekend. Then, um, then the All Star race and. To top it off, we got the Coke 600 in three weeks. Now, um, that's also the weekend of the Indy 500. Now, we all know Kyle Larson will be competing uh, in two Indianapolis 500s. Um, He is setting up to try to be the first driver since... I believe Tony Stewart was the last one to actually, uh, no, um, Kurt Busch was the last one to actually successfully pulling off, pulling off the double, um, which is something only John Andretti, Tony Stewart, and... I want to say Robbie Gordon, but Robbie's was a really weird situation. Um, trying to attempt the double along with Kurt... Uh, so, it's going to be very interesting, I know, especially after the last couple of weeks with um, all the injuries over at uh, uh, Hendrick Motorsports. But I know Hendrick is certainly behind um, the, the um, throwing support behind Kyle Larson with their sponsorship and whatnot. But uh, it, it's going to be very interesting to see. Because I don't, I don't believe Carl um, Kyle is actually tested in IndyCar yet, um, and especially on an oval. So I, I don't know. You know, will will he be successful? Will he be, um, you know, will he be able to handle the transition like Kurt did or or Jimmy did? Because I will say. Um, Jimmy Johnson's IndyCar career was abysmal. I mean, one of the few bright spots in that was his um, was his record at Oval's, um, which was insane because when you think about it, he, um, you know, that's the one thing he did not want to run was the Oval's he wanted to do the road courses. Unfortunately, he just never found the success at all with the road courses, which is makes me laugh because Jimmy um, wasn't super successful when it came to road courses at NASCAR. He won one road course race his entire career. And it, his two most notable moments when it came to road courses were in um, was it 2000 when he um, went into the tire barricade. Most of the brakes, went into the tire barricade at Watkins Glen, and was able to get up, stand up on the top of his car, and pump his arm, showing that he was all right. And obviously, the other being the and the very first, uh, and, well, the inaugural um, race at the Roval at Charlotte, where he um, where he spun and still I don't know how he spun from behind, but still managed uh, to make contact with the leader. I'm still kind of mystified on that one. Uh, but, you know, whatever. Uh, that was, those, those, are, those are the Jimmy Johnson road course highlights in NASCAR. I mean, his, his IndyCar ones were much better, but, um, you know, so, I, I don't know how we got onto the topic. Oh, yes, now I remember. Um, but, uh, so we had that with Kyle Larson. Um, you know, we'll uh, see what happens there um, in terms of uh, indie testing, but um, I'm happy to see that we had the IndyCar uh, well, Formula One at Miami. I was looking at the prices for some of the stuff for a hat. It was oh, it was a hundred dollars. I'm like, yep, that's Formula One. You know, that's why I think part of that, just the pricing, is why. Formula 1 seems so unattainable to really grasp a spot in the American market is just because to go to a Formula 1 event, uh, I mean, I've heard people bitch about how expensive just taking people to a NASCAR weekend is, and that's nothing compared to Formula 1. Um, uh, I know I'm a good friend of the show, Ed Ballow, can speak to personal experience because... He had gone to a Formula One event at Circuit the Americas many years ago and was, you know, telling me all about it and, um, I would have loved to have done something like that, but uh, it's way too pricey and I, I certainly couldn't justify it. I mean, from what I was hearing that, I, I could have done, like, three and um, the next three weeks at the prices that they were calling for the F1 race in Miami, so, um, that's kind of, that's kind of astounding and crazy and all that, and that's, like I said, why Formula One will never really grasp a hold here in the US, um, with the general audience, so... Um other things real quick, obviously Darlington Charlotte and um, everything else is coming um, so we'll we'll be on the lookout for that. Um, we'll also be on the lookout for oh um, uh, some other news coming out because there's still there's still a lot of uncertainty. In the NASCAR circles. Um, where Some drivers and some teams will be in 2024. Most notably, we have people like Josh Berry. Uh, We have other contracts that are coming up. Um, So we'll we'll see where all that lands and where everybody lands. And I'm sure we're going to have a lot of fun. Um, Next week will be episode 99. And that is the Darlington Throwback episode... I will talk about Darlington, and I think I might actually save a special episode and do just the Darlington throwbacks, but possibly have a guest on for that one, and then we'll have episode 100, and it certainly wasn't planned for the All-Star Race to be episode 100. Uh, We were a week, it would have been episode 101, but um, obviously I kind of missed the boat on the Dover weekend, so I just decided to combine both shows and make this episode 98. So, anyway, until next time, I'm Matt Hardman, and I'll see you at the track.